Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Feminism ruins everything. Hello and welcome to Feminism Ruins Everything and this month's Taboo Tuesday. This is the segment where we take a taboo topic shrouded in stigma and debunk and demystify it. We are currently recording on stolen Ghana land. We'd like to acknowledge the Ghana people and their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. This month on Taboo Tuesday, we are going to be delving into the wild, misunderstood and highly stigmatized topic of the menstrual cycle and periods in media and how they are portrayed. Much like periods... Taboo Tuesday also comes once a month. So today we are, a little bit later on in the episode, we are going to be chatting to an amazing young woman who has started a business where she makes accessible menstrual cups Mm. to uh, young women. So we will be talking to Shwari a little bit later on about her business, Maraca Menstrual Cups. And we wanted to take the opportunity to to chat to her not only about uh, why she's doing this, why menstrual cups are sort of the future of um, of sanitary products, um, why she needed to do that to uh, overcome issues with period poverty. Um, but also we wanted to talk more broadly about the fact that periods in film and television are so poorly represented. It's so weird that there's this thing that happens naturally and regularly to about 50% of the population, and yet it is so like scrutinized and stigmatized by the media and by society itself when it's like this is like a natural thing that happens. It is a bodily function. Alice, do you do you think that that might be because mainstream media is dominated by cisgendered men? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Before we get into our interview with Shwari, we just wanted to touch on a couple of different things. First up, we're going to get some facts straight about periods because there are some wild misconceptions that are concerning, not just amongst, you know, people that don't experience periods, but also amongst, like, legislators. <laughs> people in positions of power. Every person on earth knows somebody who experiences periods. Yeah. That, that is a fact. And yeah. it's a, a normal thing that a lot of people have to deal with literally on a monthly basis. So it's something that should be more broadly understood. Yeah. So, Mim, uh, please, could you give us... like Let's let's start at the very beginning. Because a as very good place to start. Very good place. Because uh, as, as we've said, a lot of people actually don't understand it. Could you please give us a quick definition of what the menstrual cycle is. Yeah, so like, I want to make a disclaimer. I am no way medically educated. I'm just somebody who has experience of, you know, 13-ish years of menstruating on a monthly basis, I've sk- except when I've skipped it. Thank you, contraceptive pill. Much appreciated. <laughs> um, but, and also from what I have learned as a woman mm-hmm. of the world, and, you know, sexual education. Um, of the two of us, you're definitely more... Uh, experienced to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I'd also say more qualified. Yes. I, I do believe that of the two of us, myself being a cisgender woman and you being a cisgender male, I probably have 
slightly more lived experience of menstruation. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Um, so essentially, periods happen because at the end of a given month, uh, or at the end of a given menstrual cycle, uh, if you if the egg that your ovaries have produced uh, into your uterus haven't hasn't been fertilized, um, your uterus is like, well, that was a waste of my time. <laughs> Get rid of this one, and so your uterine lining essentially sheds and you know, that is ejected from your body in the form of, like, blood that is secreted mm-hmm. um, through your vulva, basically. So it means that um, for anyone who menstruates once a month, usually, like, it can vary, especially, like, early on uh, when you're a young person getting their period for the first time, um, that you can have, like, slightly patchier and more irregular periods or if you're, like, going through like medical issues, you can Mm -hmm. have more regular periods. Um, But usually about once a month for a couple of days, I think three to five is usual. Um, You'll be, you'll be losing blood from your reproductive system. Uh, And can a person experiencing a period control that blood loss? No, absolutely not. It's just, it just, it just comes out. Like it's not like you're peeing and you like get to choose when it exits your body. Like no, no amount of like kegels are gonna. <laughs> oh wow, that's a sentence that came out of my mouth. Like no, you you can't control whether when okay. like when this leaves your body. Um. Furthermore, I I would hazard a guess that most people. This is my experience, and I think it's the experience of most other menstruating people. Um. You can feel when it's happening. Okay. Like you have a moment of like, oh, yep, it's started. I can't explain what it feels like, but you like you know. get the sense that you're like, yes, there is blood being secreted from my vagina. It can vary for a lot of people. Some people get very painful periods. Some people barely notice them at all. I'm incredibly lucky that I don't get a lot of period pain and I don't get a lot of blood, which mm-hmm. is um, unusual. And I'm very lucky in that regard. For some people, it's it can be quite incapacitating for... Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of days every month. And like there are medical routes that you can go down to um, to deal with that. Like uh, some forms of contraception. Um, it might be indicative of another is- issue with your reproductive system that you should get investigated um, by a medical practitioner. But um, there are lots of ways that people deal with this blood loss because obviously it's something you can't control and you don't want blood to go everywhere Mm -hmm. like that's just unpleasant we've got to live our lives let's not live our lives with like like leaving blood stains everywhere we sit that's just a bit rude yeah bit unhygienic um so often people who menstruate will use any sorts of sanitary products like the common ones being like sanitary pads which is literally just like a disposable um pad that's often like i think it's like cotton and nylon maybe that Mm -hmm. you just like stick on the inside of your underwear some people use tampons which are normally like some very like a watered up piece of cotton that kind of is like the size of like a small finger maybe um and then you like put that inside your cervix and it's got a string on it and it absorbs the blood and then you can pull the string out and then you chuck it in the bin and go along with your day Mm -hmm. don't throw it in the toilet that is how you clog up the plumbing system (laughs) um but then there are these um these newer ways that people are using to um to collect their blood loss Mm -hmm. um 
like, for example, menstrual cups, which is what we're going to talk to Shwari about later on, yeah. which is essentially like this little silicon cup that you like insert into your vagina and it like you kind of fold it up to put it in and then it expands and it like collects the blood oh. and it just like it just it just fills up yeah and it's, it's really convenient <laughs> um or you can get like period underwear which like has an inbuilt like absorbent gusset basically mm-hmm. so that the blood is absorbed and it like doesn't go on your clothes or whatever you sit on that incredible yeah um so those are like the like some common ways of yeah. collecting your blood loss and um it's a really normal thing to experience and it's just a normal biological function so you'd think that maybe in media we could talk about it like it wasn't something completely and utterly repulsive like if, yeah if you if you ask uh <laughs> if you if you turn to media and you go i don't know what a period is what is it you would be uh hit over the head with examples of how awful and horrific periods are and how like it turns women into monsters and it, it, it's it's ridiculous when you think about it it's such a, such a natural thing mm. that is so demonized in the media what we thought we would do um is take a few examples of what we think are negative uh portrayals of periods in media and a couple of positive ones and a couple as well of positive ones just to kind of you know show that it is out there spoiler alert those ones were written by women <laughs> I'm shocked to hear it. Yeah, shocker. Um, so let, let's let's get into our first example. Uh, so uh, the film Superbad. Ah, a true classic. Like teen comedy staple of our generation, yeah. I would say. We're trying something a little bit new this episode. We want to include clips from the media that we are discussing. Uh, and since this first one is Superbad, those of you who have seen the movie realize that there's a lot of swearing in it uh, and... To me, it seemed to defeat the purpose of showing the clip if we're going to censor every second word. So we're just going to put out, there's like a foul language warning coming up. We'll put a timestamp in the episode description, but just be aware, there's going to be a lot of swearing. It was written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh, Both of those people are men. And it was directed by Greg Mottola, Mm -hmm. also a man. So there's this scene, there's this party scene, basically, where this character whose name is Seth, he's played by Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. um, is, like, dancing at this party with a woman, and he comes over to his friends, and they're like... Are you bleeding? I'm not cut or anything. Why would I be bleeding? Are you dancing with some chick in there? Yeah, so? It's blood, dude. <laughs> it's blood, dude. But why would I be bleeding? Why the fuck would I be... Dude, why would there be blood? Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, oh, shit. I'm gonna fucking throw up. Someone period on my fucking leg. Oh, Interestingly, when they're like, why do you have blood on you, dude? And they're talking about the fact that it's blood. He's, like, kind of unfazed by that. But the second it is period blood, he then starts, like, dry retching. And it's such an overreaction, and everybody's, like, making fun of him. And even, like... He stumbles into into a, a pocket of women in the corner who like throw tampons at him, kind of thing, and and like everybody is like making such a big deal out of this. What I find ridiculous is the fact that then also there's this other guy who's like, "You were dancing with my fiance," because he's got a very similar patch on his jeans. Mm-hmm. And what I find really interesting 
is that in the flashback where you see her dancing with him, she's wearing jeans. And here's the thing about that. <laughs> like, A, for a, a normal period, what's defined as, like, regular bleeding, like, if you're somebody who experiences heavy bleeding, it's a bit more, but normally you will lose about six to eight teaspoons of blood over your entire period, which is, like, often five-ish days. Mm -hmm. And for, like, for a heavy period, that's defined as, like, 80 milliliters of blood, which is not very much. Like, if you're somebody that doesn't use the metric system, that's, like, maybe a quarter of a glass of water, even less. If that. Yeah. B, she's wearing jeans. Denim is a very absorbent... (laughs) material (laughs) she did not bleed all the way through her jeans and then leave that much of a wet blood stain on your jeans and not not only one person's jeans she did it twice no like if if somebody had their period and they bled through their jeans and then they rubbed up against somebody else's jeans there might be the slightest smudge (laughs) like this is a way too much over the top uh Disgusting story. No, it's not disgusting. Period's not disgusting. This is just a TMI story. Basically, I am a big fan of denim overalls, and a female friend of mine, a cis woman, uh, once borrowed a pair of my overalls, and she's like, oh, I've got my period. I don't want to, like, get blood on your overalls. And I was like, whatever. Denim's heaps absorbent. If you do get blood in my overalls, then, like, no one's going to see it because it's not going to make it to the other side of this very thick material. Mm -hmm. The thing that stands out about this example is it's so clear that there was a complete lack of understanding as to how that works from any of the creators, yeah, anybody involved. Or the people in that scene. Or the people in that scene. And it also kind of shows, like, a complete... Like, it, it shows that um, societal stigma surrounding it that somebody would find that such a disgusting thing to happen to them. Like, oh my god, I got some blood on my jeans. Like Period blood, that period is. Period blood. That I'm... makes it all the worse. It might it might sound like we're just like picking apart and being all nitpicky or whatever for this scene, but it, like this is just indicative of of how periods are presented. And also, this is one of quite few representations of periods in not only mainstream media but also mainstream media that we know really appeals to teenage boys. Yeah. So not only is this reinforcing the fact that periods are disgusting, but it's also reinforcing really unrealistic understandings of how periods actually work. Superbad was written by a few young men about their experiences as young men. Mm. Let's move on to a writer who is a little bit older and a bit more experienced. Yes, potentially uh, more experienced in life, not necessarily more experienced with uteri. (laughs) We're going to go to uh, the TV series Modern Family, Right now, and for those of you playing at home, specifically, Season 3, Episode 17. Very specific. Called Leap Day. Yes. So he who is not necessarily qualified to uh, pass judgment and or write a television episode on uteri and their associated hormones, mm-hmm. um, his name is Danny Zucker. And, like, if that was your name, why would you not change your name to Danny Zuko? Because then you'd be associated with Danny Zuko. Like, True. Not, but it's so as, as, as we've discussed on the, on the podcast, not a very feminist guy. So essentially what happens in this episode is the three uh, women, uh, 
and or girls in the Dunphy family, being the mum and her two daughters, have synced cycles. Um, so they are uh, PMSing, as it were, at the same time. Um, if anyone's not familiar with that acronym or what it means, PMS it refers to premenstrual syndrome, mm. which is, um, I suppose, supposedly the hormonal fluctuations and therefore emotional fluctuations associated um, with right before the moment that your bleeding starts in your mm. menstrual cycle. Interestingly, it's called premenstrual syndrome. Syndrome is normally a word associated in like medical conditions where there's not quite a proper understanding of how or why something works, which I find really interesting because I have read some stuff that has led me to believe that there is some level of um, placebo placed around PMS. Oh, okay. Um, I don't have enough evidence to back that up, but I'm just going to plant that in the seeds of the minds of the listeners. <laughs> that Plant that seed in the minds of our listeners. But um, because there's that reinforced idea that, oh, women have mood swings yeah, exactly. dur- during their, their menstrual cycle, yeah. that people go, well, I'm, I'm obviously going to have mood swings. Yeah, and like young people who have ure- uteruses who are expected to start menstruating are like told, this is something that you're going to experience. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to have these huge mood swings. It's going to be terrifying. Um, which, you know, is kind of perpetuating that stigma as well. But basically in this episode, the three women have synced their cycles, which means that all of the horrific emotional mood swings that come with your hormones fluctuating, like one of them is like on the couch, like in tears over something on TV. One of them's like screaming at her phone. One of them's like pouring orange juice into her cereal. They're all like malfunctioning (laughs) meanwhile the men of the household are standing horrified at the monsters that their loved ones have turned into and i'm uh, that's their words the woman's actually taking great pains to hide the monster she's become they use the word monster multiple times i believe another choice phrase is satan's trifecta oh love that oh um you have some more choice phrases written down do you want to share those so the the first thing that the, the the men in the household are having a discussion on, like, what they're going to do about their fun day that they have planned. And one of them specifically goes to say, Why are you so afraid of them? They're reasonable. Why don't we just suggest they stay home considering they're all in their mission? The first rule of dealing with the cycle, you never mention the cycle. You tiptoe around it. Wow. Way to completely stigmatize the natural thing that is occurring to the people you love. Because if there's one thing we have learnt from Harry Potter, it's that if you don't say something's name, it makes it scarier. (laughs) He who must not be named and or Voldemort. That seemed like a natural progression in my brain. But also maybe J.K. Rowling is on the brain because I'm trying so hard to make all of my period-based language gender neutral. Mm. Not all women experience periods, and not everyone who experiences periods are women. Yeah. I'd like to throw something interesting into the mix. Um, When somebody menstruates, their levels of estrogen go down. And if you are comparing a cisgendered man to a cisgendered woman, you will find significantly more estrogen in a cisgendered woman's body, and you will find significantly more testosterone in a cisgendered man's body. So, if a cis woman's estrogen goes down hormonally during her period, she is actually more similar to a cis man. So the fact that <laughs> the fact that 
men particularly weaponize and demonize this stage of a woman's menstrual cycle is they're demonizing the time when people who menstruate are most hormonally similar to cis men. Like, you are just admitting (laughs) that I'm not... Please take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt. You're admitting that cis men are monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't take that sentence out of context. Turns (laughs) turns out, turns out men are just looking in the mirror and they don't like what they see. Uh, One more negative depiction. There are, there are plenty of negative de- What's depictions. What's to choose from? This, these are just some choice examples. Just, just cherry picking a couple of examples. Yeah. Um, we want to talk about Carrie. And Carrie is arguably one of the most famous depictions of a period in fiction. Um, you know, that, that, that... And in pop culture as well. And in well. pop culture. Like that was, what, the 70s that Carrie came yeah. out, the movie? And the book's even older than that. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's just been kind of accepted into the cultural lexicon uh, and the cultural language. And, you know, that gives the depiction of periods a bit of weight. And for those of you who haven't seen Carrie, um, it follows a, a a young woman in high school with a very religiously zealous mother who hasn't taught her about her own body and she actually experiences her period for the first time when she's about 16 17 in the locker room in high school and she has no idea what's going on she just kind of is washing herself and her hand is covered in blood yeah and and she's terrified absolutely mortified rightfully so if i just started having blood gushing between my legs and i didn't know what it was i would assume that i was dying Mm. and and like you know this is like a commonly kind of like a, a late time for somebody's first period to be yeah. appearing. She's very, she's very small though. Very small. Yeah. But again, it, it, it's different for, for everyone who experiences periods. They yeah. experience it at different times. Uh, but she, she kind of is mortified and runs screaming for help yeah. to which all of the other women in the changing room start throwing sanitary pads and tampons at her, yeah. chanting, plug it up, plug it up. And Disgusting. it's like, it's, it's horrific. Yeah, and, and they really bully her about it, and she's clearly terrified. Yeah. And and let, let's face it, it's a Stephen King story. He's trying to horrify you and scare you in some yeah. way. But... It's trying to... It, it's yeah. depicting periods as something that are horrific and terrifying, which they're not. They're something really normal. And, 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 and again, like, in this specific instance... It is a horrifying experience for this young woman, and 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 for the story. And the story is kind of based around this incident mm. that kind of like sparks everything up. But if this is the most famous depiction yeah. of the menstrual cycle in media, what message is that sending to anyone who is expecting to get a period at mm-hmm. some point, or? But maybe even more importantly, people that don't experience periods. Yeah. Because clearly (laughs) there are a lot of, you know, cis men who think that periods are repulsive and terrifying. Who think that they're optional and you can just turn it off. turn it off. Yeah. No, you can't do that. Ellis, I would like to no longer dwell on the poor representation of periods in media. And I want to talk to somebody who is working to eradicate period stigma through a small business that she is running. I'd like to pass over to Shwari to chat to her about Morocco menstrual cups. 
All right, so we'd love to welcome Shwari to the podcast. Hi, Shwari. It's lovely to be with you here today. It's lovely to be with you guys as well. I've I've always loved your podcast, so this is this is amazing. Oh, stop it! Yeah, flattery will stop get you it. everywhere. No, <laughs> uh, no, you are uh, you're an entrepreneur. You're a very uh, young entrepreneur. Yeah. Set up. Can you tell us a little bit about the the company that you've set up? I, I run Moroccan Menstrual Cups uh, via the Young Entrepreneur Scheme, which is an organization in New Zealand that students can do via their business studies in school. We, um, we're given a task to make our own business and conduct a business, and we do a series of challenges. And there's just these national, regional competitions. Um, last year, I was the first student from my school to make regionals. That's awesome. And wow. we, we, come up with, we come up with innovative and ideas that will really help the environment. I thought of Morocco Menstrual Cups last year during one of the events where it was about brainstorming uh, business ideas. And I thought of an idea that my mom came up with a few years ago about starting a menstrual cup business. But this was in 2012, which I don't think would have been the right time because only recently are menstrual cups taking off. Hmm. So I thought, how about I do a business, a menstrual cup business, selling affordable, sustainable options for periods to teenage girls. Hmm. So that was my original market. And I bought up another company, but I've evolved now. So I have my own set of cups. I have my own Morocco menstrual cup. I have my own social media, and I target to I target to a, a broader um, market. My my aim is to sell an affordable menstrual cup because a lot of other menstrual cup brands are very expensive. Mm. I see. Um, the average menstrual cup costs about thirty dollars, and the other um. The most expensive I've seen is ninety dollars. Oh wow! Oh, so geez. for the for the average woman, I mean, I I personally can't afford that, um, um, and I'm not sure about everyone else. But also, I've wanted to counter period poverty. Um, mm-hmm. For people who don't know, it's a term by uh, females uh, or people who identify who can't afford sanitary products, and this has been a very big issue in New Zealand, because for for some people, five dollars a month is a lot. Mm-hmm. And so we want to counter this issue of period poverty, but we make menstrual cups so expensive. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to sell an affordable menstrual cup to counter this issue of period poverty. And then by doing that, I want to counter the issue of period, um, you know, the stigma of periods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. It's, so, it's, so, it's so embedded into our society. And when you guys mentioned the media, it really made me interested on how the message of how periods are disgusting can really fly past us. So mm. like I was thinking of uh, like films like Carrie, mm-hmm. yeah. the film Carrie, um, it, you can clearly see that it's made from a very male point of view because mm. her periods often like when she gets it, it's very exaggerated. Um, it's, it's, she's like, she's in a shock when she gets a period. And another thing, to also think about when we talk about the stigma of periods is the stigma between woman and woman mm. when she you know that scene where they have like pluck it up pluck it up yeah, yeah like yeah. while while periods are seen as disgusting in society we're also showing this divide between women so rather than women bringing up other women and going well this is a normal bodily function because periods are we're showing mm. how women how establishing that idea that periods are disgusting and even with her mother who, who um, shames her for it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to tell us about um, the reason that you named it Morocco Menstrual Cups. Like what's the significance of that word? 
I was brainstorming words last year and I thought of like a letter, like let me just get a letter. So I clicked on M. And the word Morocco, it means freedom of the, it means freedom of the body, freedom of expression. And that's how I want uh, people to feel when they use menstrual cups. I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to feel like, like this is, this is the product I need to, to break that stigma period. Mm. Yeah, that's because beautiful. Because no one wants to, they, no one wants to feel ashamed with this normal bodily function. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, there's there's definitely been a, a a running theme. I'm not entirely sure uh, what it's like in New Zealand, but here in Australia, we, the, there was a bit of controversy surrounding the uh, the tampon tax and how uh, at yeah. some point menstrual products were deemed as a luxury as opposed to a necessity. And I, I wonder, yeah. like, how much of the stigma um, do you do you feel comes from from the top down in a kind of like a in a parliamentary uh, place where which. Uh, I mean, at least in Australia, seems very male-dominated. Just not having yeah. the understanding of the the understanding of what a period is. Um, like when we tax something, we often make it like a luxury item because periods, um, period products are considered a luxury item. So we've now made it too expensive. We've we've actually added on to that stigma mm. of periods. New Zealand actually has now started a period initiative where we're going to have free sanitary products in schools wow, uh, that's from awesome. next year. Incredible. So this is a real breakthrough. Um, but I did, I have contacted the government and I want to, uh, as well as having like, you know, your disposable sanitary products. Oh, I forgot to mention that uh, menstrual cups are like a small bell sized device uh, used by women. Mm-hmm. And it's an alternative to sanitary products in case I didn't explain it enough. But New Zealand has had this initiative. <laughs> New Zealand's had this initiative to uh, to really counter this issue of period poverty, and to really to break that period. Like it's essentially called a pink tax because yeah. a lot of female products taxed more than male products, and that just establishes again that gender inequality. Yeah. Mm. So you mentioned that this was um, a business idea that your mum had in two thousand and twelve, and. Yeah, she decided that that wasn't the right time to begin a menstrual cup business. Mm-hmm. Um, so when yeah. you started this last year, in those seven years between 2012 and 2019, do you think that there has been a shift in that stigma that has meant that people are more open to um, uh, to menstrual cups and to like uh, entrepreneurial enterprise around sanitary products? I actually also started the idea because menstrual cups they're a great idea because they're compact they last 10 years mm-hmm. they're they can hold um, like three times more flow than pads and tampons yeah but they weren't popular so yeah. that would make me wonder now it's such a perfect option why aren't these why aren't these options um mainstream mm-hmm. so i i wanted to use this as um as a platform to to promote menstrual cups has mm. it become um from those seven years not really, um, not really in those seven years, but recently I've just seen um, people more open to um, other sanitary products like period undies mm-hmm. and all of that. Only recently, so that's like even last year, people were, were still a little bit unsure about menstrual cups, mm. but they have, they, there are existing menstrual cup brands and I guess, I guess it will depend on the person who tries it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It will depend on how much media tr- attention uh, menstrual cups and I, I certainly think now we're really making a stride 
in how popular it's getting, but we still have a, a long way to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that there's like the environmental side of it as well in that it's a far more yeah. sustainable option. So I suppose that even yeah. if like period stigma hasn't um, come very far um, over that time mm-hmm. period, potentially like um, environmental concern has, you know, become yeah. a, a greater concern for, for people who use sanitary products. Menstrual cups, they're, they're a sustainable option because they last 10 years. Mm. What are they made out of? So my cups are made um, out of medical grade silicone. Wow, cool. So wow. My, my mission is price and quality. So you don't have to pay a lot of money to get a quality cup that will last 10 years. Mm-hmm. You're essentially saving over 500 tons of waste in the environment. Wow. And even wow. saving that 10 years. So that, that monthly cost of sanitary products that you can just save with one cup which is quite revolutionary when you think of it. Just one, like a small change, just a small change to buying sanitary products can really make such a big impact on the environment because mm-hmm. the average user, user of sanitary products, those weigh 125 to 150 kilograms in their lifetime. Wow. So just cutting that, so cutting that in half would just, would just be so important for the environment. Mm. Uh, how, how important do you feel it is to start combating the societal stigma around periods in in high school say like you i mean high school is kind of usually around the time when when women start experiencing periods properly um do you think that it's important to kind of combat the stigma at such a young age so that people don't grow up with that stigma attached to this very perfectly ordinary bodily function yeah I think it's really important because if we if we break the stigma of periods, we can teach the next generation that periods are a normal bodily function yeah. and they should be mm-hmm. seen that. Because studies have shown that when women are, you know, shamed for having their period, it leads to a lot of negative uh, body image and uh, thoughts about periods. But if we acknowledge that yes, this is our this is our body. It's a it's essentially a beautiful thing that should be normalized. Then we can we can change the way people think not only be I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Queen woman, but also how males see it because mm-hmm. often periods are the butt of the joke in film oh yeah. Like, yeah it's always like like it this is just like in comedies it's always blatant sexism like mm. um in the film i'm super bad how he's uh he, how, i'm not rem- i don't remember the character but it's always ew yuck it's a period yuck uh, you know yeah that degrading to woman and you know 
young viewers will see that and they'll go, no, I've, they're internalized and then they'll go, well, this is disgusting. I, I won't speak about it. So mm-hmm. once we, we normalize it in society, we can really make strides in breaking that stigma. So yeah. normalizing is the most important thing at the moment. Yeah. yeah. And I guess Openly. the, yeah, definitely. And I guess that also the fact that because it is a stigmatized issue and people don't freely talk about it, then it mm-hmm. means that um, for people with uteruses that have like issues with their reproductive system, like endometriosis, for example, mm-hmm. or like um, other reproductive conditions that often they don't get like diagnosed or even know that there's a problem um, with what they're experiencing because um because of the fact that we don't freely talk about it yeah um you know issues like endometriosis they don't get uh, like acknowledgement it's always seen as well you've got your period this is just you're a woman you know this is something (laughs) you've got to deal with every month endometriosis is a really serious thing Mm -hmm. and if we bring a lot of um, if we highlight this, we can really make strides in normalizing periods because yeah. endometriosis is a serious thing. And if we normalize it, women don't have to feel like they're like it's disgusting that they have endometriosis. When yeah, in it's fact, not. it's not. Yeah, like it's. I think it affects something like almost ten percent of wow. um, people that have yeah. uteruses. Yeah, which is trash uh-huh. and <laughs> um, yeah. definitely something yeah. that needs to have so much more more research and medical attention yeah. given to it. Uh, yeah. Something that I recall from like being in primary school and um, going through like sex ed in primary school was definitely mm-hmm. this like really clear divide that like the boys would go in one room and they'd learn about penises and the girls <laughs> yeah. would stay in another room and they would learn about childbirth and (laughs) i suppose um you kind of alluded to this as well the fact that um you know there's this stigma especially with men towards periods like um and obviously i i hope that sex education has got better in the 15-ish years since i was in primary school but um from your experience as somebody who's gone through the education system a lot more recently do you think that um that boys and young men learning about um, reproductive systems in women and, you know, periods uh, more freely mm-hmm. would, would help to address that stigma? I, I think it would because w- as well as it being stigmatized in society, there's a lot of, there's a lack of knowledge um, when uh, like males, cause they don't really know about it. So it's met with a lot of ignorance and oh, you've got your PMS symptoms and stuff. So if we really teach males from a young age, you know, respecting women, you know, that periods are a normal thing, then it can really, again, normalize periods because yeah. periods are not just a, a woman's issue. They're, all, they're everyone's issue, ending period poverty, because that's, that's a form of oppression. That's a form of, mm-hmm. you know, keeping women um, just sort of in their place because that, yeah. that is a form of gender inequality. Yeah, so if we bring notice to that, we can bring women up. Mm. menstrual cups is a is a bigger step from pads and tampons Mm. but we want women to feel like this is a viable option that they this is something they can they can use so because they shouldn't they shouldn't feel like it's too above them they should they should just feel like it's something normal yeah and obviously like like not every type of like sanitary product is going to work for everyone and so just like the Mm -hmm. more 
um, the more options are out there, like the more, um, yeah, the more variety. different varieties that are on the market, like just means that it makes sanitary items more accessible on the whole. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will be selling. I will be selling mine online because mm -hmm. I think the the market like accessibility because online shopping is really you know it's mm -hmm. gone. It's increased. So yeah, online marketing is the way to go. Oh yes, I I did do I did do quite well during COVID nineteen. I did some free deliveries um, okay. around nice. my area. I got, I got I mean it's still taking off, but I mean it's the first step towards people um, accessing sanitary products. Of so by making it so I think accessing it online makes it a lot more accessible for people. Because mm. supermarkets, I mean, you can just you just see a pad. You see like five dollar pads and tampons. You go well, uh, it's easier to put it on. And, you know, it's easier for me at that moment. But online, you've got a variety. You can choose when you get it. And mm. you can, you've got just a lot more variety. Mm. Um, going back a little bit about like period poverty and um, what happens when you don't have access to menstrual products. Like, can you just give us like a bit of an example of like, if someone had their period and didn't have access yeah. to sanitary products, like how, um, in what ways they would be limited so this is very sad but some people they they just they miss out on school so that is another thing that i emphasize that having basic you need your basic sanitary products in order to have an education mm. periods should not stop you from having an education again that is, highlights gender equality education is the way to improve yourself and if you can't do that because of a normal bodily function you're hindering your your schooling your mm. career um, also, girls, girls. It was a report done by a New Zealand organization called Kids Can. Girls were using toilet paper, socks. Um, oh, no. They were like using like uh, they were they were leaking. Some women just couldn't do it, and they were leaking. There was reports of women trying to wring out the the their pads just so they could reuse it. Some they were even washing the disposable products. Right. So that that's not hygienic. That's just yeah. we should not be not be having this problem of women still um, having no sanitary products because it's a basic human right mm. to me it's a basic human right that we should all have access for people who have periods we should all have access to sanitary products yeah no one no it is healthcare. Mm. i think new zealand has really um, just a few months ago really done well in doing that initiative to schools but i think they could go towards universities which is also mm -hmm. a tough time for for people when they don't mm. have the, when they can't afford um sanitary products yeah but and also i did contact the government and i do hope that they can include menstrual cups in the future more sustainable yeah. options yeah so that's and something I'm, that i would really like yeah yeah i suppose like you know you get one menstrual cup and you're set. <laughs> like it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be as much as an of an ongoing thing because, like you said, they last for ten years. Yeah, yeah, with, with yeah. So you don't have to keep getting those sanitary products in school, and so menstrual cups will just do it all, and in fact, save them quite a bit of money. The government instead of buying that that monthly sanitary products, I think mm -hmm. that. You mentioned this before uh, that a lot of the depictions in the media of uh, periods are, yeah. are quite negative and in some ways quite demonizing to the people having the periods. Uh, are there yeah. any ways that you think the media could start to showcase uh, periods in a way that normalizes them? Open 
I think open and honest conversation between like, you know, a healthy conversation that, um, for example, maybe another female character or another male character telling the, the someone who's got their period, you know, this is a normal thing. There's no shame associated with it. Other than, ha ha, she's got her period. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. I think a few comedies that tried to do it, but just ended up making a joke out of it. Like that show, According to Jim. His okay. daughter got her period. And he basically tried all these like rituals or ceremonies to make it seem, you know, normal. Like he invited a bunch of people over and stuff. But again, that just makes it the part of the joke. The yeah. joke is that he's, he's a, he's a, He's a dumb dad trying to try um, and make it normal to his daughter. Mm. Open, open an honest conversation. Let's normalize it. Let's yeah. not make it something that's not like something that's not a part of a female. Let's make it like a part of people who have sanitary products. Let's just yeah. let's try to yeah. have be um, be open about it. Because yeah. the more we try to go, we try to silence, like you know period talks about periods we the more we stigmatize it because mm -hmm. what we see on screen really reflects how we can how we can react um in society so the first step is to really normalize it on screen That's yeah me. absolutely yeah like what we see in media is like a depiction of normality to us i suppose yeah mm. yeah Something that I understand has been an initiative in Australia recently, and I'd be interested to know whether this is the case in New Zealand as well, is trying to stop um, sanitary, like um, advertisements for sanitary products using blue yeah. to represent menstrual yeah. blood instead of just making it look like blood. Like the fact that it's like, oh no, that would be too gross. We're going to use blue. Look how absorbent it is of the blue yeah, stuff. Yeah. Is that true in New Zealand as well? Uh, I've seen, I think there was this ad, there was this um, pad company called Libra mm -hmm. who was one of the first to do one drop of blood, but that's not a period. Look out. <laughs> I mean, it's an, alternative, it's an alternative to the blue, but again, we still like, we're still Still establishing that that shame associated like yeah, we yeah. can't even show something so normal and in fact they actually received a lot of complaints for, mm. for being wow. they received complaints like oh is this appropriate to be on screen oh well it's like, <laughs> it, it's, it's you know it's one of it's one of the more universal things and yeah. i think if you can't be on screen then then maybe that's a reflection on your character rather than the the yeah. sanitary yeah. product so true and I suppose even, you know, there's even a stigma in the fact that like, if you're a woman and you, you or like, if you're somebody that experiences periods and you mm -hmm. um, like have your period and like are going to take like a tampon to a public bathroom or like in school that you like very purposefully like hide it. Like there's even shame in like um, yeah, you know, yeah, openly yeah. like holding <laughs> menstrual products, like, you know, um, like there are so like many the levels to the stigma itself. exactly the object uh -huh. itself yeah like like what do you want do you want us to like leak through our, our clothes and yeah. stuff like yeah we, like it's a it's a it's something that we use to for periods like why is the object so gross now like the thought of it's gross the blood's gross it's now the object's gross so like there's just as you said there's just a whole layer of the stig um the stigma periods it's not just the period yeah. itself it's just a lot of other things 
if somebody like fell over and grazed their knee and they were bleeding, that would be so normal. Yeah. People would be like, here's a bandaid to like cover <laughs> the bleeding. Like, why yeah. is that any different to the fact that you are bleeding menstrual blood and needs like a menstrual cup or a tampon mm. or a pad to, to catch that blood? Like, it's the same thing. It's perception. It Again, perception. you know, it's definitely it's perception because we like both blood once grows because perhaps it's it's part of a woman's body because mm. women's bodies have always in the media have been objectified that's the whole mm-hmm. thing that's the whole the message you know we objectify a woman's body we objectify everything about her let's objectify her periods or let's make it gross because mm. the one way to oppress one's sexuality and and one's body is through what's normal so if mm. we, we make something abnormal and we're really using it as a way to control um, a person. Hundred mm, percent. I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, yeah. We we in Australia are very jealous of the fact that you have a, a competent <laughs> prime minister. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like um, everyone, like the entire nation of Australia is obsessed with Jacinda. Like we we just we oh, just really? wish that we, yeah. we had Jacinda across here. Um, do you think that? Um, part of erasing the stigma comes from having a person in a leadership position who understands what it is to have a period and that some of these government initiatives that you've been talking about uh, do you feel that having a woman in a position of power uh, has helped get these things accessible to the people oh 100 percent. i think that she that she's got so much of a more empathetic um, side, mm-hmm. she's so empathetic, she's so um, caring, and I think while while she's doing this, she's also she's also establishing that you can be a woman in a leadership role, but you can also be a woman who's kind and compassionate. Mm-hmm. Like she she it was her who did the the period initiative, and so she went she did that because of the COVID nineteen. So I I think one hundred percent she's while she's being a leader, she's also destigmatizing the things that have really been stigmatized associated with women. Mm. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, when you have cis men in positions of power, they don't experience, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stigma (laughs) firsthand. So necessarily understand the need to end it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, like they think it's not my problem. It's, it's, it's the woman's problem. Just like chuck it aside. Yeah, or chuck a tax on it. <laughs> <laughs> chuck, chuck a tax on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shwari, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you today. I like so appreciate so you joining us. I am so um, in awe of everything that you have achieved, um, especially as such a young Thank woman. You. Um, going going off the period stigma um, train for a second. Yeah. Um, also, as a young woman who is an entrepreneur, um, do you have any advice or um, any insight that you'd like to share with our listeners about, you know, being a 17-year-old woman who who runs her own business? Like, do you have anything to share about that? I would say as an advice to the listeners and all the other young teenagers who, who were thinking of starting their business idea, never give up. Just do it. Like, no idea is dumb. It's about putting that idea into something. Okay, maybe some ideas are dumb. <laughs> but, um, there's some dumb ideas. But it's about putting that into a business idea. To use every opportunity that you can connect and uh, network. That's the most important thing. 
because no, because once that idea gets off or once that idea flourishes, you, you don't know where it will take you. Yeah. It's determination, it's ambition. And especially to the, the female viewers here, go for your dreams. Don't let anyone ever tell you that your idea or that something you do is dumb because if your what your business idea or your thought could be something that changes the world mm. that beautiful. is a beautiful note to end on beautiful um Shwari, if people want to support you and your business where are they able to find you um i have a website uh, morocco menstrual cups and i have some a facebook and instagram page so please follow me i put um, educational resources every uh, second day because a lot of my um a lot of my work oh i forgot to mention um i'm one of the first period chapters like a period organization in my town cool. not, not in the not in Zealand. but um that's something i've really started and my focal point is education mm. so if you follow me i'll really be putting a lot of educational articles because the key to breaking stigma again is education yeah exactly incredible well and also to our listeners we'll definitely like um We'll put we'll all the links put in links the description. Through our, um, all yeah. of our social media so that everyone can find Morocco Menstrual Cups. Oh, thank you guys so much. And <laughs> thank you for being one of the first, thank you for being one of the first platforms to um, let me speak because I've just been like, I contact a lot of platforms and they just say, no, we don't want you on. So I was so excited to be well, on this one. We were just so stoked to talk to you. Thank you so yeah. much for your time. Thank you so much for coming. And yeah, yeah we for- recommend to all of our listeners to follow Morocco menstrual cups because Shrai is doing awesome stuff. (laughs) Thank you so much. I love speaking with you guys. Thank you so much, Shwari, for coming on and talking to us. We really appreciate you sharing your time and we love the fact that you you saw this issue and you went out and you, you proposed the solution for it and we wish you all the success and we will be supporting you in any way we can. Absolutely. Everyone, jump on to Morocco menstrual cups. Get on it. Shwari's gone places, support her. And thanks so much, Shwari, for like getting in touch to... Yeah, Shwari, uh, so uh, this episode came about because Shwari messaged us because she'd started her business. She wanted to to promote it and get it out there. And and she's like, hey, do you guys discuss this on your podcast? And we're like, like, hell "Hell yes, we do. That would be a great freaking episode. So like, thank you, Shwari, literally for being the catalyst of this entire episode where I get to rant about period stigma. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for... um, enabling me (laughs) so in addition to awesome young women who are starting businesses that make uh menstrual cups accessible let's talk about some other ways that periods are like positively depicted in media the first film that i would like to discuss is uh an independent australian film from 2008 called hey hey it's esther blueberger which was written and directed by kathy randall and uh this this is uh like a coming of age a film about a young girl in high school. And Kathy was inspired to write this because she felt there weren't enough good role models for young women depicted in cinema. Yeah, and she didn't see her own high school experience reflected in pop culture, is, I understand, the catalyst to her writing it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the reason that I'm aware of this film is that um, one of the shooting locations was a a high school really local to where I live. And Mm. at the time that it was being shot, um, my family were hosting a German exchange student and she was an extra in this film because she went to that high school, which is like why I'm aware of it. But a lot of like um, young Adelaide 
uh, teenagers were like mm-hmm. extras or like kind of ensemble roles in this piece, which is why I'm aware of it. Yeah. Um, the main reason that this film stood out to me is because there is a scene like pretty early on in this film where Esther Blueberger, who's the main character, goes into like a public restroom and is trying to use um, a tampon disposal machine and it's not letting her get a tampon out of it and this other girl rocks up and like kicks it and it um, <laughs> it disperses like 10 tampons um, and basically Esther just like picks one picks one up goes into a stall and while she's chatting to this other girl who's still in the bathroom you like see her unwrapping the tampon and that's it and it's so normal <laughs> because it is periods are normal mm-hmm like, no special attention is kind of brought to it. It is an everyday occurrence. Yeah. And the fact that it not only is it showcased in, like, cinema at all, but the fact that it's showcased and normalized for a young person mm. is, is incredible. Yeah. And the fact that it's like, oh, you can't get a tampon? Let me help you. No yeah. worries. No, girls support no, girls. No throwing tampons, yelling, plug it up, plug it up, or anything like that. It's just... No. No, really nice no. and It's just normalized. No, it's so... It's such a non-event. <laughs> and that's the way that periods should be depicted. They're just something that menstruating people deal with once a month. No uh, worries. It's happening. Whatever. Another positive portrayal that we just wanted to point out is from the romantic comedy called No Strings Attached, starring Ashton Kutcher mm. and Natalie Portman, uh, which was written by Elizabeth Merriweather and directed by Ivan Reitman. And this stands out because... So uh, Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman are, like, not in a relationship, but they're seeing each other kind of thing. They're friends with benefits or whatever. <gasps> and Natalie Portman and her housemates. roommates, yeah. her housemates, uh, their periods have synced up and they're all experiencing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Ashton Kutcher comes over with a big thing of muffins and cupcakes. 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 I'm so very sorry. It's a really important <laughs> distinction, Alice. <laughs> comes over with a series of cupcakes and is just really understanding that, you know, they might not be feeling great at the minute and he's just there to to pep them up and support them and be a nice human being. Yeah, be like, ah, oh, this is a shitty thing you have to deal with, let me support you. Um, so he rocks up and um, he says, like, <laughs> I don't know how it comes up in conversation, but he says the words, Your uterine walls will be shedding for the next three to five days. Nice memorization. Did you Google that? I may have. Because you're women. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But the point is that he's using anatomically correct language and he's not being like, oh, you're going to be gushing blood from your <laughs> vag for the next week. That's a revolting sentence. I can't yeah. believe it just came out of my mouth. <laughs> but um, he just uses the anatomically and biologically correct descriptor. And he took the time to kind of educate himself. Like, even if he didn't really understand the process, he was like, oh, I should, I should this is something that I should know about so that yeah. I know how to... Be there for somebody who's experiencing this. As a side note, it should have been something that he learned about in his education. Should have been. Oh. But. Alas. Alas. As we mentioned in our interview with Shwari, I think that mm-hmm. the uh, sex education system in, like, the majority of the Western world probably could use a bit of an overhaul so that there is less stigma and more understanding across every gender yeah. of what periods are. And, I mean, the scene ends with him handing over a mixtape where all the songs are about 
blood or like red red wine or like and... uh even flow yeah <laughs> the world on a string <laughs> it's a period mixtape it's a period mixtape it's beautiful which is and and like that's such a lovely moment it's just it's just wholesome it's just really wholesome and again it kind of just normalizes this thing that that about half of the world's population experiences yeah. and like sometimes it does suck like we're not saying yeah. that it's something that you know it just happens and you go about your everyday life. Like for some people, it can be incredibly painful mm. and you can have a lot of really unpleasant side effects. Like sometimes people do really need you to be supportive and empath- empathetic and understanding, but that's their call. Like yes. if somebody has their period, you don't get to assume that you take a position of either like pity or abject terror mm-hmm. <laughs> towards them. <laughs> Just understanding. And I think that's that's the thing. When so many depictions of periods in media are so demonizing or horrific or the worst possible thing that could ever happen, Mm. there isn't an understanding of what that's like for the individual who's having it. And there isn't an understanding for people who don't have it as to how they should respond, how they should act, or how they could be there for the people Mm. who are having these things. And this scene in No Strings Attached... Uh, where Ashton Kutcher is supportive and empathetic towards Natalie Portman, who has her period. I mean, the character. Yeah. It would have been really coincidental if Natalie Portman <laughs> had her period at the same time. Um, Method acting. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I will need to film this scene on these days. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's a, he's, he serves a good example for yeah. how you can be kind to someone um, without adding to the stigma of yeah. his experience. Without belittling them. Yeah. Which kind of leads me to a point that I really want to make. I think that stigmatizing periods is literally a tool of oppression. Yeah. Because if you... Like, the the way that we see it weaponized is the fact that we see it often in politics, particularly, where um, people go, oh... Oh no! Uh, a woman couldn't hold this this level of responsibility. A woman couldn't make these, uh, you know, very important political decisions. Because what if she's on her period? <laughs> and what if what if she, um, you know, makes a horrible mistake because she's uh, controlled by all these demonic hormones? Mm. As we have learnt, uh, hormones are actually more similar to a cis man when she's on her period. Yeah. Um, but also, it's just it's a way of discrediting women. Like, that's Mm. what it's used for. It's a way of silencing and discrediting and belittling very, very capable, strong women. And, you know, it's often used as a tool when, um, you know, a a woman is is threatening um, a fragile man who has nothing on her merits that he can call her out for. Mm -hmm. So instead attacks her reproductive system. It's also used in such a dismissive manner. Like if somebody who experiences periods raises a grievance in in any fashion, at any level, a man is just able to go, oh, don't listen to her. She's on her period. Mm. And it's so dismissive of the idea that that it's revolting. It's revolting. Like I can confirm that I have made some excellent decisions while menstruating. I've recorded some damn good podcast episodes (laughs) while menstruating. It doesn't diminish your capability or intelligence or rationale. It just doesn't. That's bullshit. It's bullshit. Let's let's get rid of that myth, please. 
I think something that kind of not only sums up um, some really beautiful work that has is being done to destigmatize menstruation, but is also really indicative of the fact that mainstream society is still really clinging to that stigma, is the work of um, an artist and poet whose name is Rupi Kaur. Um, a lot of people would be really familiar with her work because she's published a number of beautiful poetry anthologies. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also published this um, this photo series which um, dealt with destigmatizing periods. Um, and I think the photo that a lot of people would have seen that um, many people would be familiar with if they've heard of this um, is this photo of a woman in a bed. I, I assume that it is her um, who is wearing a yes. pair of gray track pants and her back is facing the camera and you can see that she is bleeding through her track pants and um, the blood is like on her gray trackies and also um, has bled onto her bed as well. And so um, this was a photo series like that. That's one of quite a few photos, but that's probably the most well-known one. Um, It was a photo series that was meant to address the taboo and the stigma around periods and to normalize it. And what's so ironic is the fact that she published it on Instagram and Instagram censored it. Instagram removed these photos twice. So, so like I said, <laughs> great work being done around destigmatizing periods, so indicative of how mainstream society is clinging to this stigma. And honestly, I think Instagram has a lot to answer for when it comes to, you know, not only uh, censoring period blood, but like censoring female nipples mm-hmm. and censoring feminine nipples. Um Because when you have a platform like that, I think that you have a responsibility to catch up with the world's progress and to perpetuate standards that need to be seen in modern society. And those standards are that A, there is nothing inherently sexual about feminine nipples. That's a whole other episode. (laughs) Um, But also the fact that there is nothing gruesome or revolting or publicly shameful about menstrual blood. Mm. I, I recommend to everyone to look up that photo series because yeah. um, it's really beautiful. Like, it's really well done. Thank you very much for everybody for, for coming on this Taboo Tuesday journey with us. We, wa- um, we want to close on a quote that Mim has uh, from the book The Woman's Brain Book. Yeah. And it was written by... It was written by Dr. Sarah Mackay, who is a neuroscientist. I want to point out that I'm under the impression that the fact that it's called the Women's Brain Book is almost a bit of a purposeful misnomer, like, mm. i.e. feminism ruins everything, <laughs> because I believe, like, I haven't finished the book yet, but I'm under the understanding that the idea is that, like, definitely there are different hormones that affect your brain dependent on... Um, your reproductive system but at the end of the day biologically there is nothing different between um, brains of different genders yeah um so the women's brain book is like a misnomer almost a purposeful misnomer you know set up the expectation to then tear it down as we are a big fan of here (laughs) feminism ruins everything um but there is a segment in this book um 
and it's subtitled Attitudes to Menstruation Matter, and I want to read it to you. Um, so not only is the book written by Dr. Sarah Mackay, but she also references an author and a researcher named Lauren Rosewarn, and um, it summarizes, I think, what we're kind of getting at today. So the book reads, let's face it, we're still squeamish talking about periods. Girls are traditionally taught menstrual etiquette, whereby periods must be spoken of in strictest privacy, indirectly, and certainly not to boys and men. Lauren Rosewarn, a researcher at the University of Melbourne, has written a book, Periods in Pop Culture, Menstruation in Film and Television, on how etiquette and attitudes influence women's experiences of their reproductive health. Rosewarn believes the problem is when menstruation is portrayed as a period drama. (laughs) Nice little play on words there. Rosewarn says, periods involve bad moods, floods of blood, or social suicide. Because of this, I see girls as young as seven feeling anxious about puberty because they're getting the impression their future periods will be a hassle or a depressing occurrence. We need to be cautious young girls don't absorb outdated cultural notions about periods being a curse or a source of shame because this can have lifelong ramifications. I think that sums it up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.